Taiwan reported 474 COVID cases on Friday, pushing its total tally past 10,000. Among the new cases, 339 were domestic infections detected on the day, and 133 were retroactively added to previous day's counts. 32 of the new cases are part of a cluster infection involving mainly migrant workers at a Miaoli factory. Let's hear from Health Minister Chen Shizhong. Most of the cases in Miaoli are linked to an electronics factory. We already started mass testing yesterday. There are a lot of people. We need to test more than 7,000 people. Several hospitals are doing all they can to help. This morning, in response to concerns that staff at testing sites would fall behind demand, the CECC offered all the assistance possible with test site arrangements, crowd management and follow-up patient needs like isolation and hospitalization. In the morning, we sent Victor Wang and four epidemic prevention doctors to Miaoli to set up a frontline command station. They will do everything in their power to coordinate arrangements related to hospital capacity, testing capacity and hospital transfers. Having a command station there will enable adjustments on the spot. In response to its COVID cluster, King Yuan Electronics shut down all its facilities Friday evening for a full disinfection. Also on Friday, the CECC reported 21 COVID-related deaths involving people between 30 and 99 years old. Japan has donated 1.24 million doses of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine to Taiwan. The vaccines landed in Taoyuan early Friday afternoon. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the vaccines, after passing inspection, will be first offered to healthcare workers and other frontline workers, as well as residents of long-term care homes and people 75 and older. At 1.57 Friday afternoon, Japan Airlines flight JL-809 touched down at the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport, carrying 1.24 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine. It arrived 40 minutes ahead of schedule. Staff was seen carefully moving container after container of vaccine off the cargo plane. By 3.30, the vaccines had arrived at a logistics center in Taoyuan. The Japanese government has provided Taiwan with 1.24 million doses of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. We are extremely grateful because they are coming at a tense time in our COVID fight. Japan had originally planned to send the lion's share of this supply to COVAX, but they chose not to due to the friendship between our two sides, the long-standing friendship between the people of our two countries, because making this donation through the COVAX platform would take a considerable amount of time. There are a great many procedures that would drag on for a long time. Them providing the vaccines directly is a reflection of Taiwan's affection for Taiwan and of its faithfulness. These 1.24 million doses are Taiwan's largest vaccine shipment to date. The health chief said they'll be administered as soon as possible. Once the vaccines are in, we will of course carry out a sealing inspection. I have instructed the Taiwan FDA to handle this as quickly as possible, so that the shots can be ready to administer soon. We're able to slightly expedite the process because the relevant technical information all came in the past two days and has cleared inspection. What remains now is a verification of the quality and safety of the vaccines themselves. The shelf life of these vaccines is relatively long. The expiration date is October 14th. 
At 1.24 million doses, this is our largest batch by far. I believe that it will be very helpful in pandemic prevention. On Friday, the CECC announced changes to its national COVID vaccination program. People in priority groups one to three, namely healthcare staff and other frontline workers, will be first to get the vaccine. Residents of long-term care facilities, as well as people 75 and older, will be moved up the priority list and offered vaccines as well. Shots will be made available to other groups as soon as possible. The U.S. announced Thursday it will soon distribute 25 million COVID vaccines across a wide range of countries, including Taiwan. This will be the initial tranche of an 80 million dose donation pledged by U.S. President Joe Biden. The shots will be sent from the U.S.'s surplus supplies of Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Through a spokesman, President Tsai Ing-wen thanked the Biden administration for its support for Taiwan. The president has announced a U.S. commitment to sharing a total of 80 million doses by the end of June. Uh, so that's 25 million doses that will go out uh, as soon as possible, very quickly. A number of those are going to even go out as soon as today. The U.S. has unveiled a framework for distributing 80 million COVID vaccine doses globally by the end of June. It's set to donate 25 million doses in the first tranche. Six million of them will go to South America. The donated vaccines will be those by Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. The United States is not asking anything of any country to whom we're giving doses. We're not seeking to extract concessions. We're not extorting. We're not imposing conditions the way that other countries who are providing doses are doing. We are doing none of those things. Taiwan, Taiwan, the U.S. and Japan have developed a strong and powerful cooperative alliance. We can no longer describe it as a warming of ties. In the past, Taiwan was the supplier, be it of chips or as a key supply chain. Now, the U.S. and Japan are sharing their excess vaccines with Taiwan, making the international alliance more mutually beneficial. Since the start of the outbreak in Greater Taipei, China has worked to disrupt Taiwan's vaccine procurement. Writing on Facebook, economics expert Xie Jinghe said that in Taiwan's hour of need, China had moved to cut off sources of vaccines, accusing Taiwan of trying to advance independence by getting vaccines. He wrote that China was only driving Taiwan farther away. This episode only exposes China's oppression of Taiwan on the international stage, including its interference in vaccine deals that Taiwan had already signed. Rather than talking the talk, why don't they walk the walk? We call on China not to attach political preconditions or set up obstacles for Taiwan's vaccine procurement. Through a spokesperson, President Tsai expressed gratitude for the vaccine donation and for the support of the Biden administration and bipartisan American officials. A new video circulating online is showing Taiwan expats cheering Taiwan on as it fights the current surge of local COVID cases, starring high-profile Taiwanese diplomats as well as everyday people. The video conveyed messages of encouragement from the world over. It's been so long since they've been home. That's the experience of many Taiwanese expats. With Taiwan battling a surge of local cases, these expats' thoughts have turned to their homeland. The World Federation of Taiwanese Associations released a video to cheer Taiwan on in its COVID fight. It features diplomats stationed abroad who encouraged the country onward. 
My hearts are with you all. The greater the challenge, the more confidence I have. That's based on what I've seen of Taiwan over the last few decades. I stand with you all. We are one as we work together for this nation. I'm very grateful to Taiwanese expats around the world who have all expressed concern. I know we will get through this difficult time. Besides clips of Taiwanese ambassadors, the video contains the good wishes of everyday Taiwanese. I immigrated to Argentina 35 years ago, but I will always believe that Taiwan is my homeland and Taiwan is my mother. I'm here at Sensoji Temple in Japan, wishing peace to everyone in Taiwan. I'm rooting for you all as you walk this last mile in the fight against COVID-19. I'm a doctor from Taiwan, and Taiwan's standard of medical care is above reproach. We will absolutely be able to bring this virus under control. No matter where they are or how long they've been away, these Taiwan expats say their hearts are with the Taiwanese people. Seeing their home in a time of need, they said they were even more homesick than before and more determined to stand with Taiwan. To reduce the risk of spreading the virus, Taiwan's motor vehicle offices have cut the number of slots for driving tests. But the tests must go on and there's still a steady stream of test takers. With social distancing and disinfection taking priority, it's not the same old, same old anymore. Arriving at the motor vehicle's office, the first point of order is to open the CDC line page and scan the real name registration code. Then take your temperature and you can come inside. Employees are wearing masks and gloves and constantly spraying ethanol to keep their isolation panels spotless. Indoors is the hygiene hotspot, but there are precautions to be taken outside and during the test, too. Test candidates maintain social distancing as they line up. The examiner wears a visor throughout the test. The steering wheel, handbrake and dashboard are all carefully disinfected after each candidate to prevent any chance of spreading the virus. The nation is on a level three alert, but motor vehicles offices are keeping on their duties as normal. Nonetheless, there are noticeably fewer visitors here at the office in Jilong today. Normally, there's no limit on registrations for scooter and car driving tests. Now, there's a limited number of slots a day to keep visitors down. We used to have 50 people a day. Right now, because the pandemic is so serious, we've lowered the number of booking slots. We take about two dozen candidates a day to reduce the number of people here. There are no sectors left unaffected by COVID. Even taking a driving test has taken on the color of the age. Taiwan has raised its 2021 GDP growth forecast to 5.46 percent, up from the 4.64 percent projected in February. The government statistics agency said it expects strong growth in the global economy to drive Taiwan exports for the rest of the year, lifting the economy past 5 percent annual growth. But it said the recent COVID surge will have an impact on domestic demand. The agency lowered its forecast for consumer spending for the year ahead, predicting that it will only contribute 1.34 percentage points to the GDP. 
People began receiving relief payments on Friday, a day after the cabinet finalized its COVID-19 relief package. Workers who are self-employed or don't have a fixed employer are eligible for up to 30,000 NT paid directly into their bank accounts. An estimated 130,000 eligible people who don't have a bank account will get a check in the mail instead. They wait by the post office, eager to update their passbooks. Just yesterday, the Ministry of Labor finalized COVID relief of up to 30,000 NT for labor. Now, this morning, quite a few people have already been notified that their bailout is in their bank account. Some recipients posted proof online, mobile banking screen grabs that show that the cash went in early Friday morning. But the labor bailout isn't for everyone who works. It's open to workers who are self-employed or without one fixed employer. And who are members of a trade union. They must have earned no more than 408,000 NT in 2019 and must not have recently applied for any other subsidies of the same nature. Those whose monthly insured salary is no more than 24,000 NT will receive 30,000 NT. Those who exceed 24K can get 10,000 NT. Those who applied for and received a bailout the year before will get their latest payout automatically as early as Friday. Those who didn't will need to apply between June 7th and July 5th on the official website of the Bureau of Labor Insurance. An estimated 1.85 million people will benefit from the funds. I would say this is pretty timely. There really are times when you just need a sum of money. Across the country, there are 130,000 eligible people who don't have a bank account with which to receive relief. To these people, the cabinet has issued postal money orders to be delivered door to door. But postal workers fear that the task will raise their COVID exposure. When some of the residents come out to sign for it, they don't wear a mask because they're so used to that. So we have to remind them to protect themselves and protect us too. The post office union says the money orders will send people flocking to post offices, putting customer-facing staff at infection risk. All we got was a government memo ordering all post offices to increase our manpower. The government did not propose any measures for crowd diversion. Doesn't that run contrary to its policy of asking people to stay home? As a member of the National Epidemic Prevention Team, Zhonghua Post will courageously undertake any task assigned by the government. Face masks or face shields will be provided at all post office branches. Every person will be fully supplied. Chenghua Post advised calling ahead of time to check the crowd size before going in to cash in a money order. It also emphasized that money orders can be cashed up to three years after they're issued. But for the low-income recipients of the latest COVID bailout, that may be too long of a wait. Well, it's been three weeks since schools were suspended due to COVID. Across the country, more than 2.7 million children and teens are doing distance learning and spending more time than ever inside their home. A new survey finds that the pandemic is becoming a source of stress for Taiwan school-aged children. 70% of young children miss going out to play, and 30% of teens say they feel increasingly lonely. A little boy faces a wall while his younger brother faces a closet. They're doing time out for being naughty. So are these young children who left toys and crayons strewn all over the floor. 
Due to the suspension of in-school classes, parents have their hands full. The kids aren't having an easy go of it either. Children aged 7 to 12 might need their parents to set aside some time to hear how they're feeling. Issues like family finances and information about the pandemic may be causing emotional stress. Parents can take the opportunity to clarify the facts with their children. According to the survey, social distancing, class suspension and prolonged time inside the house are children's top three challenges in the pandemic. Nearly 70% of young children said they miss going outside to play. Half of the teens said they felt sad not being able to hang out with friends, and 30% said they felt increasingly lonely. And with children spending more time at home, family conflict is on the rise. 30% of children and teens reported being scolded more often. Some reported an increase in family violence. Can there be a substantive increase in children's mental health resources? Perhaps these resources can be provided to those in need through more diverse channels. To keep up with their education, children are doing distance learning at home. According to the survey, more than 30% of students are using the devices for more than 12 hours a day. Nearly 60% spend more than 9 hours a day staring at screens. The survey also found that distance learning is a struggle for low-income children and those with disabilities. After more discussion, we will come up with some policy recommendations so that the government can reference them and provide assistance. For now, can we at least think about relaxing the regulations on special education assistance so that we can provide more meaningful support during distance learning? For many of Taiwan's children, the pandemic is proving a source of stress. Experts say that when it comes to mental anguish, the best balm can be a parent who listens and is willing to patiently help a child get through these difficult times. A 25-year-old farmer from Hualien has won a coveted quality award for camellia oil. Seven years after deciding to devote himself to producing top-quality oil, Ling Yijou's products are gaining international plaudits. Tea seed oil is used for cooking and considered a light oil with various potential health benefits. Tea seeds are poured into a hydraulic press, and after a good weight, out drips the oil, lustrous and golden. It sounds bizarre, but this oil has a creamy aroma. Maybe that's what convinced the panel of Dutch judges to give Ling Yijou a coveted two-star AA Taste Award. The 25-year-old won the Anti-Additive Association seal of approval earlier this year. The farmer and professional oil taster handles the whole process, from growing the tea trees to pressing the oil. The AA Taste Award is now his third major certificate. In Taiwan, when people buy oils, they always ask, is it pure? I hope the recognition of this international association will reassure people that my oil is extremely pure. Lin's wall is covered with newspaper clippings of his achievements as well as medals. At the age of 18, he was inspired by various oil safety scandals to enter the business, creating his own brand, studying horticulture at college, and completing an internship at the Tea Research and Extension Station. He started growing his own tea and turned his garage into a workshop. 
When I said I wanted to make camellia oil, my dad bought me an oil press and two bags of tea seeds and ten boxes of bottles. He gave me those and said, you have to take care of the rest. And so I've made my way along step by step. Now, with three international quality certificates to his name, Lin's work is thriving. He plans to keep entering competitions to get the seal of approval from every major quality watchdog. And meanwhile, that creamy aroma makes everything worth it. Heavy rains battered 16 cities and counties across Taiwan on Friday as tropical storm Choi Wan moved in from the south and a plum rain front approached from the north. The Central Weather Bureau is expected to lift both its sea and land warnings for the storm Friday evening, but it says more rain is in the cards for the weekend. Let's get the details. Greater Taipei, Jilong, and mountainous areas in northern and central Taiwan have all had significant rainfall. The heaviest downpours were in Taipei City, at the automatic rain gauge in National Taiwan University, which registered 209 millimeters in one hour. Most other areas recorded 40 or 50 millimeters an hour. A friendly reminder that this weekend a front will bring even more widespread downpours, especially in the west and northeast. There will be long periods of rainfall, punctuated by short heavy bursts. Some areas will see localized heavy and extremely heavy rains, and there may even be localized torrential downpours in mountainous areas of the south. Days of heavy rain since last weekend have added more than 150 million tons of water to Taiwan's reservoirs, enough to supply the nation for 12 days. At Taoyuan Shimen Reservoir, the supply is back to 18 percent. In New Taipei, the Feichui Reservoir is at a comfortable 70 capacity. Xinzhu's Baoshan No. 2 Reservoir is now at 20 percent capacity. The coming three days may give another much-needed boost to drought-stricken areas, although authorities are also on the alert for flooding.